Welcome to the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com, where we talk to photographers from around the globe about turning action figures, Lego, miniatures, and more into fantastic works of art. Uh, welcome to the Toy Photographers Podcast. I'm Shelly, and I will be your host for this conversation on better composition through geometry. And I am joined by a couple friends. And uh, Chris, Sabrina, introduce yourselves to the community here. Hi, I'm Chris. Uh, I've been doing toy photography as a hobby for just under a year, uh, pretty consistently, and um, super excited to be here. I've been listening to the podcast, so I'm having my fanboy moment here. <laughs> What's up, everyone? It's uh, Sabrina Perry. I ch again, I changed my name on Instagram, so it's the Perry Adventures now. And um, I'm just happy to be back and glad to have Chris on and be here with Shelly again. Yeah, I'm super happy to have you guys here because uh, we had a uh, part of our toy photographers blogging community. We like to challenge uh, every month with uh, something a little bit different, something a little bit fun, just to get people thinking about photography and how that intersection of toys and photography sort of match up. And this last month, we sort of... Um, decided to challenge everyone to break down old and new images geometrically. And uh, let's just say that the community as a group uh, fussed uh, a little bit and there's quite a bit of pushback and everyone reacted very negatively to the word math. And I'm really not sure why, because basically those cropping methods, which, and, and formats, which we're going to talk about, are all on your on your phone on pretty much any app and on Photoshop, but everyone sort of went no, but you guys sort of jumped in with both feet and went for it with me, and I really appreciate that. So, um, why do you think the community pushed back, and uh, why did you enjoy it? I guess those are my questions. <laughs> <laughs> Not to make this too broad or anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like always so like for me as always it's like i'll just jump even though i'm like very scared like i'll or like i'm really not sure what to do or i don't really know anything about maybe the topic or you do know in a sense like these sort of geometric things you know like you're aware of the rule of like i'm aware of the rule of thirds i'm aware of like the golden ratio or leading lines or using triangles and all the elements when it comes to using like geometry or like the composition of a photograph but then i you me for example and i don't know if this is like why everyone else or why there's like a lot of negative things when you just say the word geometry is like i failed math like i i like i'm not math is like was never really my strong suit like it would give me like a lot of anxiety as like a child and so i kind of am like thinking oh math it's geometry you know like trig is very hard and like that's what a ratio is like math but i think what it is is like these are like visual concepts for you to understand the world and, or like understand like inherently like what is the story in this space like this what you're looking at like whether it's a painting or a photograph or when you're watching a movie or television 
these are things that you're looking at, or even when you're just looking around in the world, you would see the ratios or the spirals and things. And so it's just knowing like, that's what you're looking at. It doesn't have to be math and it doesn't have to be scary. And I think that's kind of where I ended up at the end. If that, I know that was like long winded. (laughs) It works through your fear. So Chris, did you, did you have that same reaction? Did you like, did you like freaking go math? No, not necessarily math. Um, the, so my first entry, I, I don't think I really got the assignment. Uh, and I think it's because I focused on the hashtag and not the verbiage in the post. Um, so I submitted my first entry, which was a lot of drawn lines and kind of, well, this looks like a, like a negative space here and kind of, and it really looking back on it was kind of a jumbled mess. And, and I was like, well, I don't really know what this is about. Uh, so I, I reread the post and um, focused on, you know, compositional elements and golden ratios and rule of thirds and what do you use and what's, you know, kind of dynamic composition. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so then I really started looking into old photos and and actually I, I wanted a way to evaluate old older photos objectively. And I ended up finding this app uh, on the app store called Wise Photo that does these overlays. And I think um, then the word got out on that. And I think a lot of the um, contributors ended up using that. But I didn't, I didn't see the same type of resistance. And I don't know what the average uh, participation ratio is for uh, some, you know, for these monthly challenges. I did see in the initial post, some people like, you know, math and um, that they had some reservations about it. But I did feel like quite a few people jumped in and the people who did jump in to the challenge uh, submitted several, several examples throughout the month. And I thought that was great. Um, the other thing that it could be, because uh, I agree with you, Sabrina, about um, the, the, you know, the barrier of getting over the math. Mm-hmm. But I also think that um, context is, you know, I, I look right. at my own experience on, you know, that it took me a second and that I almost had to do my own research into this stuff. Yeah. And that uh, I think it would be an easy thing for someone who didn't quite get the context or didn't quite understand what we were doing or figure out, you know, have someone give you the, yeah. the context of why it's important um, in in good photography. Uh, could just tap out and say, I I, I just don't want to draw lines or you right, know, part, you know, and triangles and stuff on my on my photos. I, I don't see the point. Yeah, I think for me also, when once you posted the Wise app thing, I had gone and basically put like a bunch of photos through that I thought maybe maybe would go along the lines of something something relatively close to maybe the golden ratio or I was like this looks like it has triangles but I don't know if it really truly does have triangles so if I put this layout on it I can find out like you know how close I was to seeing that without knowing I without knowing I purposely put it there do you, um, with those things. And I, I, you know, I did find out that I am not the kind of person that like uses leading lines too often, unless 
I'm purposely am like, I will put leading lines in this photo, for example, but I do always use a lot of the times, a lot of my photos are in, I always use the rule of thirds because that was like kind of one of the first things that I learned how to do when I was very little. Like one of the first photographic tips I was given as a child from my dad is like, he explained to me the rule of thirds, showed me a bunch of photos and was like, put this here, put the horizon line here, make sure people's faces are like in this area. And then like your picture will look good. And it doesn't matter, you know, it'll look like you took the time to take a photo and like you group people and try and get them in the center. So like, for me, I that's already a thing that I've always think. So for that part, I guess is has become more natural and innate for me to see versus like looking at three triangles objectively in, in the world. The composition and the whole geometry slash composition is yeah. simply a way to look at the a three-dimensional uh, scene that you're that you're either seeing through your camera or in your studio and deciding how are you going to divide that up in a way that makes sense that bringing in uh relationships between the the spaces and i and rule of thirds is just one place to start and rule is just it's just a stupid word really because it doesn't it's just one of many different ways to divide up that space and the golden ratio is a slightly more interesting version of that where you have less space in you have less space in the middle and more on the on the outer two thirds. Mm -hmm. And then the golden triangle, which is just, you know, a big slash through the middle and some some areas that you're trying to you nail. I don't know. It's just like and then the Fibonacci spiral, which everyone is like the like, I don't know, what is it like the 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 golden the, the gold standard of of composition. But they're all just ways to get there. Uh, to, to get a pleasing composition that allows the viewer's eye to move around that space to help you tell your story. But it's just one of many. And, and like, I'm mean, like you said, Chris, not everybody. I mean, I did sort of like over-exaggerated that people said like, I'm not, I'm out of here. I mean, a couple of people said that, but I think that people who did jump in like yourself and myself and Sabrina, I think we learned a lot by taking a deep dive into this, one one just one aspect of composition for the month yeah um you know and i i, I certainly learned a lot and um i i uh, when i when i was looking at my own photos um I, I actually found that in some cases i was doing better than i thought i was uh compositionally because um, I think uh, I, I tend to shoot by feel, you know, and um, take several photos. And uh, the the what I took out of this is um, sometimes I hit and sometimes I don't. But I, I tend to I, I'm like Sabrina in that, you know, my my viewfinder and my camera has got the rule of thirds on there. So that's the only guidelines I sometimes use for for composition. Um but there's so many other ways to compose an image, even outside of geometry. Right. 
Absolutely. And I'm just going to back up a little bit, Chris, because I know you say you introduced introduce yourself as if you've only been doing toy photography for a year, but I know that your photography skills go way back well before that. And so it's not like you're coming at toy photography with no experience. And that, that's maybe why looking at this compositionally, you realized you knew more than you thought you did. And this was just sort of reinforcing what you're already doing by instinct. Yeah. So, um, I, uh, minored in fine art, um, but that's, that's so far removed that like, you know, outside of looking at, um, slides of pieces of art in the dark and taking notes, uh, I, I have very little, I have little memory of, of college art classes, but, um, I really picked up photography about 10, 11 years ago. Um, and that was never a part of my, uh, my art education was in photography. And so this is all hobby. Um, and mainly I was doing landscape photography. Uh, and so if you look far enough down my feed, I'm not one of those that has a independent toy photography feed. It's just all my photography. And then the last couple of years have been toy photography. So, um, I have been composing shots, um, and you know, the, that rule of thirds, when you're talking about landscapes and you're talking about these horizontal lines that exist or, you know, and I do a lot of night photography with the Milky Way coming down at these angles. Yeah. You, you, you do try and line up these things or you wait for the Milky Way to pass a certain point in your, in your horizon before you really get your great pictures. Um, so I, you know, I have been looking at composition for photography, um, you know, for, for a while, but this is then now applying it to, uh, essentially posed photos with, with toys has been a little bit more of a challenge. (laughs) Yeah. My previous experience with photography is like mostly sports photography. So dance and like hockey, which is like obviously moving people in like very fast speeds and you're not in control of of that and so like for me like before it's just like make sure that you get what the subject and like the foreground so like make sure you get the guy who's about to score a goal that you get him the puck the stick and the goal and and then and like kind of try and crop it later into like something else but it th- that's like a different kind and so of thought process or thinking but you do want to make sure oh like you have all these elements which is like another way to compose photograph like you want to be able to tell us a, a short a story so ha- make sure you have all the elements in the story there and people can understand this is about this person about to score a goal or this person who just saved their team. Right. So like those are the story elements inside of it. You bring up a good point, Sabrina, which is sometimes some, some of these are more nuanced aspects of photography are more appropriate for maybe like landscape photography or Mm -hmm. cinematography where you're creating something from scratch where it's, well, cinematography is is the additive process where you're creating something and creating an entire world and landscapes you're trying to organize something that's already there 
versus sports photography, where you're literally just trying to capture that decisive moment more mm-hmm. so. So maybe these rules, these these ideas of composition are more important for some styles of photography other than more, th- more so than others. Yeah, and I think maybe the different ways that you came into toy photography would kind of like affect the way you think about creating a story or what, how you would use geometry to tell your story would might like Chris telling his story is very different from like how I would come at a story from maybe like where we are in the world, like what other previous experience we have, what things we see on a daily basis or like what types of photographs we like to take pictures of or like what subjects you have those would all kind of change what you thought or what you're already bringing when you're about to snap a photo or place your toys in a certain location or create a whole diorama with like different elements foreground background middle ground maybe add like a bench and then add something else because you want it to point towards that and then that makes a line and then you if you're trying to make geometry then maybe you would think like oh i will put this guy like in a triangle and then draw another line in your head to where the other thing would be and then place another block there and then take a photo there like take a photo of that and that like that's how you could go about it or you wouldn't go about it that way at all you would do it by feel and then you would look at it and realize that's what you did. I think I think that as a photographer, studio or outdoor, that you start. I mean, it's always good to be able to start with intention and then get good enough so you can do it by feel. But you do bring up a good point about studio photography, about setting it up and setting up your your figures and your uh, accessories by thinking about how are they going to relate to each other? What is that foreground, middle ground, background? How is their eye going to move around the scene? What's uh, how can you use leading lines? And um, I, sometimes I think that that gets lost in just your, in the excitement of just, Oh my God, I got them all to stand up and the lighting doesn't suck. Yeah. Yeah. And Yeah. Exactly. It can, it, and that can also be like a uh, overwhelming feeling when you start thinking like, I should be, if someone's like, I should be doing this because this is a challenge that can be overwhelming and maybe uh, dil- like stop you <laughs> like in your tracks. There was like a p- point where I was trying to take a picture for this and I was like, have I ever been good at photography? Like, <laughs> like, what am I doing right now? It was just like, I couldn't think of anything. I was like, do I start with a story? It suddenly became very difficult. <laughs> and I did a 365 for two years. So like, that's where I was like, like, did I ever know? <laughs> then I realized I did, but it's like, I, yeah. That was the kind of cool thing. And Chris, you mentioned this too, is that by doing this and I had that same experience is just like, Oh my God, I know nothing to like, Oh, wait a minute. I do know something that was kind of. Yeah. I I think it was, um, you know, translating, uh, or or at least having the way you feel about an image verified through geometry. Does that, if that makes any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, because really 
you know, especially when you talk about sports or action photography, um, you're slamming on the on the trigger button and you're getting these burst modes of of uh, of action. And you know, toy photography is similar in that we don't just go out and do the setup and then we take that one shot, right? We 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 take we set up stuff, we move figures around, we change the posing, the wind blows them down, we set them back up, uh, we change our camera angles, and you know, for one photo, you might have I've I've had like fifty photos for for one for one photo, right? And then you get back to your computer and you throw away the ones where you didn't hit focus or there was something wrong with it. And you're left with this decision, uh, after you kind of go through all of these things. And that's where I really think that, that, uh, you know, that you start feeling what that composition is. And maybe that's where the more experience you have doing it is you start seeing those lines and why, why is this out of these 50 images? And after we throw away these garbage ones, why is this one, the one I want to post? And my guess is that one has the best compositional geometry and even if you're not consciously aware of it yeah that's probably yeah i think you nailed that when when you're talking about like sifting through a lot of things you're like because you might not necessarily know this follows the golden ratio but you when you close your eyes and you open your eyes and you see it that's when you're really seeing it and you can like yeah that's the one wouldn't it be nice as photographers if we were far enough along in our process that we didn't have to struggle that when we looked at it we like oh i'm okay i'm looking through my camera i've got my grid on the back set up it's beyond it's on the one that has you know all the lines not just the the rule of thirds and I'm setting it up and I'm making a conscious decision that I want my subject to be here because I'm taking advantage of these other elements that are going to add to that, that di- a dynamic composition rather than just taking 50 to 100 shots and then coming back and going, oh, I look, I nailed it over here. I don't know why and get it down to maybe, you know, 10 shots or 20. That's just mm-hmm. a goal. A thought. Does that include, the, does that, does that include the wind blowing over my figures? I know. Wait, you're the one who goes to the gorge, not me. I, I mean, know. you didn't choose oh that low, I mean, what crazy person puts their toys on the edge of a cliff in the middle of a gorge that's always windy? I got no sympathy for you, dude. <laughs> it's, it's the process. I, it's, I, yeah. Yeah. If I'm, oh, yeah. if I, if I'm not, if I'm not dropping a couple of F-bombs while I'm shooting a photo, I'm not having fun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also have those, those charming assistants that will come to yes. your rescue, which yes. is, I'm so jealous of that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, my two sons love coming out to these places with me and then, uh, I'll just every now and then say, I need you to hold on to this diorama and make sure that it doesn't move. And they go, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> So they Which, indulge me. It's great. That That's awesome. It, 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 use it as long as you can until they move out, right? Right. So, Which brings us to the image that you uh, that we all absolutely loved, which is the uh, – do you want to describe the image that you, you took overlooking the, the Columbia River Gorge? Yeah. So um, 
this is a image and I submitted two versions of it and kind of posed a question to the community. So it is, uh, these Android male and female, uh, kind of sitting in a, on the edge of a, of a railing of the Columbia Gorge. Um, I guess intimately looking at each other while there's this vista that shows crown point and the gorge running off, uh, to the East. And, um, I posted two versions of it, and one was uh, tighter, more intimate on the the subjects themselves, and then I did a wider one. And the the, the story behind this is I, I I had made a diorama, one twelve scale. I was out in the gorge shooting another photo a couple months ago, and I um, there's this kind of this iconic railing that that uh, is from the uh, old um, 1920s version of when they were building the old Columbia Gorge before the freeway. And it's, it's iconic. So I, I took measurements, I took reference photos, and I ended up making this two-foot section uh, of road and was pretty pretty proud of it. And so I submitted a, this tight, intimate photo, and then I submitted one that, if I'm being honest, was to really show off, show my work on my diorama. And I, and I posed the question of, what, what do people like better? And, um, almost unanimously, it was the tighter crop. Uh, and so then I started questioning my own compositional skills of, am I only putting that in there? Because in this little tiny right-hand corner, you see a section of this asphalt road that I spent a lot of time on that really only matters to me. Um, and you know, I started thinking, well, yeah, I agree. This tighter crop's better. But man, I put a lot of work into this. I you kind of want to show it, right? At the expense of good composition. Uh, ultimately, is what I learned is to um, use my dioramas to set the setting, but not to, they're not the subject. The, the diorama isn't the subject. I'm, I'm shooting a subject within that diorama, and I have to keep reminding myself of that. It's it's a beautiful photo, both of them, both the tight crop and and the. Um, and the wide, and we'll put them both in the podcast um, on the on the blog, so you can see both of them with the two different geometrical bri- breakdowns. Because the tighter crop is a traditional rule of thirds with leading lines, while the wider crop is the Fibonacci uh, tr- spiral in combination with the golden triangle. Uh, and so you can really see how you can ch- use the geometry to crop, and they both work, but when it comes right down to it, like geometry only takes you so far, right? right. Sure. Yeah. There's, there's other elements. I mean, a photo is supposed to make you feel something, right? And so, um, you know, and I think that uh, when we go back to your earlier statement of what was the resistance um, is understanding this is one piece, right? This is one piece of it. And we're just going to focus on this one piece but certainly there's all these other elements uh, of, um, you know, foreground, midground, background, dynamic uh, posing or, you know, having, having um, leading lines uh, that aren't necessarily what you would consider shapes, um, triangles and rectangles and, and spirals, but are equally as important. Yeah, we're going to link to a great uh, YouTube that uh, Sabrina brought to our attention, which literally, I think, outlines at least 10 different ideas you have to have in your mind. And this is, it was directly related to cinematographers, but 
cinematography is only a moving picture versus photography is still picture. It's all the same. And if I think why we take these challenges one at a time is we take a deep dive into one idea at a time. Geometry is just one of them, but there's at least nine other photographic techniques you have to have in your head when you compose a photo. Yeah, right? or that you can have in your head. I will say, so like, or that you can have in your head. That being said, like with that studio binder, like YouTube video on composition, it also has a link to a giant 193 page, like pamphlet or book thing, like, uh, like written out on composition that they also provided with the, um, with the video. So if you click the video link and you watch it, there's also a ebook that you can read on composition, which um, is very, very uh, helpful. It, it's like really, um, really brings your attention to certain think, concepts or ideas that you can have in your head when you're taking a photo. So when you're taking photos or, you know, which is really, because what you talked about, Chris is like, photos is our goal with photography is to get our audience to feel something and you can get people to feel something through composition and and angular lines and i mean if it's a balanced composition you're going to have a, a a more what um serene sort of feeling about it a calmness to an image i mean there's like all these different elements that you can use at your disposal. They're literally tools in your toolbox. And I don't know, I, I'm sad that so many of them get left behind when we get so excited about our toys. Am I, am I the only one? The, 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 what gets left behind? The, all the tools in our photographic toolbox that we, we have at our disposal. And sometimes I feel like when people take photos of toys, they're just so excited about literally just that toy, the new toy that that they forget. I mean, you, cause what do you have? You've got, you've got storytelling, you have leading lines, you have color, you have texture, you have frame within a frame, you have movement through an image, you have blank space. I mean, what, what am I missing? I'm sure there's more, right? Sure. Um, I, you know, and I think that that's, you know, there's different styles of, of toy photography. That's, that's yeah. really one of the things that I love about it is it's, it's, um, and you talk about how, people's approach to it is very different. Uh, there's a lot of photographers that do walkabouts where they just take their figures and they place them down, you know, in different settings and they, mm -hmm. and they yeah. do that. And I, I have uh, maybe a little bit more intention than that, but I, I, I shoot two ways. One is I know I'm going to be at a really cool location. So I bring out like a ton of uh, diorama pieces and a ton of, uh, of figures. And I, try and figure out if I can make some something happen. The other yeah. thing is I have a working notebook uh, of ideas and things that I've set up on my kitchen counter to kind of compose the shot of what I want all the elements to look at. And then I have that as a reference that I take out into the field with me. And so I think that those shots, the ones that I've either I've sketched it or I've taken the shot of it and I kind of know what I want those elements to be, those probably are the ones that hit best when with compositionally for me uh the ones that i i on the i'm more on the fly and i'm outdoors and um i don't you know have time to sit in the studio to really to, to make those decisions 
those are the ones where I think that that's, that's why we leave a lot of those on the table is you're just not thinking about those things. You're, you're like, Oh, this is a cool location. I'm going to set this here and, and see what, see what hits. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a a joy to that too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I just, uh, I think I need to study more in composition for, to have that, um, flow freely when I am just kind of shooting from the hip and trying to do things. And, and I think that that's a mark of a good photographer who can lay down an object into a scene that they're not that familiar with and hit on all of these compositional elements in their photo. Yeah. I am similar to you, Chris, in that like, I, I do it. I take toy photography two ways. One way is I just always have toys I just take them everywhere and anywhere for me is like a possible setting because that's kind of how I started it was originally just doing it wherever I am. I will just take a toy photo. And then the other side is like when I started doing all the challenges or when I was on, or now that I've been on the podcast or when I was really, really trying to learn fit the photography side like with toys because like for me it was it's always kind of been more about the photography than it was the the toys like the toys are just the thing that i'm using because now i'm not taking sports photography so now i'm just using toys toys make me happy and i love like all the toys but like it's it's always for me it's been like what kind of photography can i like create with the thing so it's kind of like two ways and a lot of the times when i don't know what to do for the like for a challenge i will watch all these videos on youtube try and read a bunch of articles google a bunch of things look at all these photographers who talk about the golden ratio or like and someone's like, oh, yeah, you should look at all these photos by Henry Contra or Brasson because, like, that's that's his thing. He was, like, a golden ratio dude. Like, I would look at all of it. Then I would just try and copy one of them as or, like, as many so I can feel what they felt. Like, what did this photographer or what does this cinematographer, like, do? Like, why did they do that? And then, like, have that same experience physically so that I can understand, like, what they saw, (laughs) if if that makes sense. So I copied Florence of Arabia because I needed to understand, like, why is this shot in the movie of Florence of Arabia where he's coming through the desert and he's next to a well? Like, why is that a good shot? Why, Why is that, like, always on why do people talk about that for this movie? It's literally like a guy very far away and then two people in the sand. Why, why, why? And so then I did that. And then I was like, oh, I see the lines and I see this triangle. I see the foreground, the background. I see this is like in the perfect golden ratio spiral now. I I, under, I understand it so that now later if I saw that or if I can put that somewhere else than this, if that's the only thing I got out of geometry and that's okay. Right. I've, I've now at least experienced it 
one time on a level that, oh, I, I learned something here in this moment, and I can now take that as a tangible thing. And so that's, I think that's why these challenges are helpful. And if you feel like you couldn't attempt anything, like to create something, because, like, you know, in this level, I think it's also okay to look at people who maybe are more expert than you or like are further along in their photography journey that you could just attempt to copy it (laughs) so that you can learn it. Recreating other people's work is a great way to learn and be able to really see because it, it forces you to really look at what they were doing. And so many times, especially now we're so trained to look at an image for like half a second that spending even 15 minutes or three hours with an image, you're going to see so much more in it than you do with, uh, in any other way. So I think that's a great way to go. And, uh, yeah, Chris, you'll have to explain to us exactly why all your photos are, have a perfect Fibonacci composition to them because that's like that was chris, like so annoying chris is studying like henry copier and, and like is actually like <laughs> well, he the like reason saw is, them all the, the reason is very simple uh is it's social media and you only post your best stuff so when i when i went into this uh is that down, what you do i got it i really gotta yeah, learn how to yeah. do that Same. Right, I, right? I post all like i just post pretty a lot just you're, you're posting your best self on social so in this in this challenge i did have uh ones that um when I was going through my my old photos and and doing these overlays on them that didn't uh, hit on anything but maybe rule of thirds and even then I wasn't like it wasn't my best work but I would still look at it and go I I still really like the photo but what I did with those is um, I would go in and do a recrop of it uh, for my own personal uh, that at least kind of hit better Um, and I usually liked liked it but uh, yeah, that's how it is with anything. It's why you don't post your outtakes. It's why you don't post, you know, for this, for this thing, here's what happens is no one wants to see my failures is, but like when it would really hit and you would see those spirals hitting on maybe two different elements in your photo, you're like, wow, that's, that's, that looks real nice. And so of course those are the ones I post. So no, not all of mine, not all of mine are, are great. And I, I think that I'm getting better. Uh, as I've done this, but, um, you know, you, you, you tend to show your best work, right? Yeah, no, they, yeah. they were beautiful and it was, it was so fun to see them when you hit, but it was interesting that I, I mean, I couldn't hit a Fibonacci spiral of my life depended on it, but the golden triangle, that was the compositional sort of, I don't, I don't geom- geometrical that, that that particular geometry was the one that I found myself attracted to. And I think it's because it always has all those big open spaces in it. Mm-hmm. So I think that people need to be open to the fact that they are going to be more attracted to a particular style of geometry and composition and right. maybe not focus on just one or not that one, I guess, even though it's often brought up as the best one. But I don't know. Your guys' thoughts? I think what it can be is you don't need to force yourself to be like any certain way. Like I, I can never hit triangles, but I like, I see triangles in your work, Shelly, all the time. Like you, you clearly see 
or place your toys in like those areas often. And maybe it's natural, like, or it's just like where you're taking your photos, like it works out better, like in that way. I'm not sure, but I could, and when I was going through the wise app looking for what I hit often, it's just like, I always hit symmetrical lines and balance and like splits or like having odds. I have odds a lot, but it's not anything that it's like, I'm doing that purposely. I, I see those. And so like, for me, like that's apparently where my regular, just what Sabrina sees in the camera, what I'm seeing all the time is like those types of things. That's what I look for. Or maybe that's just like what my brain is like, yeah this, this looks good. So when I was doing the wise app, it's like, I could not recrop into a golden ratio or into a triangle because like those elements are not in what I've already taken. If, if that makes sense. So it's like, just because like you can't crop into the golden spiral or like you can't crop into phi, you know, you probably are in thirds or have lines or you've put it on the intersection of two crosses or so, you know, yeah, or you yeah. put it in oh, the center. Yeah. Like you, uh, like People you don't have, have to, to really, really yeah. know. You have to just be like, Oh, this is, this is the one I like and this is where I'm at and this is what I see. And that's fine. Okay. So I think I'm going to paraphrase that, which is like, we all have our own particular way our mind is going to work and be open to the fact that maybe you might, what your brain is attracted to is a rule of thirds or maybe a, uh, the golden ratio, or maybe it's like Chris and it's a Fibonacci spiral, but everybody is going to be attracted to something in particular and just to know that and just maybe just go with it. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. 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 I keep being so long-winded. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the, the other piece of that is to recognize that it is um, something that occurs in your photography and to maybe break out of that cycle as well to try right. some other things. Like you may discover a, a, a rut that you're in compositionally by going through this exercise, by really reevaluating your, your work. I, I've talked to some other... Uh, photographers, or I've listened on uh, podcasts where um, you'll have someone that says, you know, I, I take a photo and I post it and then I just kind of move on to the, to the next photo and I, I kind of move on to the next photo. And, um, you know, I, I feel you should be a fan of your own work, right? You, you, you should, mm-hmm. you, but, but it's really looking at it. And that's what this, this challenge forced me to do is really look at my work and uh, really evaluate the composition. And, um, you know, and, and along with seeing patterns that are good, I'm also seeing patterns like you clearly have a style of, of this dynamic, you know, and yeah. that then I once I start really seeing it, what's coming intuitively and I start and then I go through all photos and I go, there it is, there it is, there it is. And maybe it's also an opportunity that you can either lean into that and really make it your thing or you can use it as an opportunity to break out of those patterns. Yeah. Now that I'm aware of triangles, maybe I'll see more triangles right it's being more aware of something and then just knowing that that's out there is also helpful yeah right and if you if you master any of these many different ways to 
uh, organize your photo is once you have composition down is maybe you can move into uh, the frame within a frame or really concentrate on leading lines or really uh, looking at movement or my favorite foreground interest, which I feel like none of us still really uh, work on. Especially I just did that today. It's hard. It's, it's, it's so hard, especially when you look on a macro level. I mean, it's easy if you're just yeah. human scale. I mean, that it's everywhere, but when you start getting down low, you're trying to take all that detail away. So it's hard to break back just enough to, to add extra depth into your, into your composition. So I think it, it's just once you have one down, it gives you opportunities to move into like texture or spot of color or, you know, all color theory and it's in its and all of that. Oh my God. I'm just spiraling out of control here. <laughs> Reel me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's just, there's a lot to think about and just knowing some of the things to think about is helpful. You yeah. Know? I, and then and then you layer stories on top of it. I'm surprised we all don't. That's what I guess, you know, Chris, I'm like you. It's like toy photography is so infinitely fascinating because you can deal with it on all these photo levels and just the technical aspect of actually taking a photo. And then you layer that with the story. And then for me, you layer it at one more time with personal experience. And then it just gets just it's infinitely fascinating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but that's just me. Okay, so the community, I I did, I did love what they did. People I who did participated. Too. I mean, some really beautiful photos. So I I brought up five. I thought or six. I thought maybe we could whip through real quick. What do you guys sure. think? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Okay, so Brian Carr, love Brian, and he's really into his. Um, well, portraits, and he he presented this lovely image of Aquaman. This is when I'm like, I had to learn pop culture getting into toy photography. So <laughs> if I miss these, my my bad. Um, and while we had a discussion with Brian about whether or not this really worked in geometry, but I think that this particular image of just this really dynamic posed uh, Aquaman, you're looking up. He's clearly at the water. He's got his trident at a strong angle that crosses across the, the frame. It's super dynamic and it just it's just got so much movement in it. And I think he nailed that. You guys' yeah. thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you look at it and if we're just speaking on the geometry uh, and uh, aspect of it, uh, you have that the images crosswise with a two triangles and it looks like it's like a two, three crop. So it's already narrow and it has um, really focuses on the subject. Uh, we do talk about a little, I, what I really like is when you were just talking about the foreground is that we don't do that enough. You have this piece of foreground in the, in the lower left-hand section the action and then this nice bokeh of the, the background followed by this great negative space behind him that's just absent yeah. of clouds and really just draws your attention in on the movement and action. I think it's a great photo. I agree. I think also the angle, the way, so he just, Aquaman looks very powerful in this in this pose and that part of it is because of the, the angle 
where the camera is in comparison to the trident not the trident because there's more than three but like his weapon i don't know because it's like a trident but it's not because it has more than three prongs anyway the giant fork tool that he (laughs) the spear with multiple ends is angled downwards towards you but it really looks like oh he's he's about to like you know, stab something or is about to go through the camera. And since the camera is like lower and he's the Aquaman is higher in the frame, he looks more powerful. Like if this was angled another way, he wouldn't have looked as strong. And that's, and that because of where it's angled, it works more on a, like a triangle level with geometry of it. Like otherwise it'd be more flat. Yeah, there's a lot of power in this image, and I think his choice of of being low and angling up with his lens just gives that figure a lot more power. And I know we had talked before we got going um, with the recording about that line between toy and realism, and I and I know I know this is a toy. I mean, I'm not an idiot, but I mean this particular toy and the way it is photographed. I mean, it's it gets really close to that line of realism. Am I the only one, or am I just totally lost? No, uh, no. I, I have um, a number of different uh, feeds that will show cosplayers. And there's times where I will have to pause and say, well, is this one of those cosplaying posts? Or is this, mm-hmm. you know, one of these great one sixth char- uh, uh, scale characters that are with those photorealistic faces? And um, this one passes that test. Like uh, this is could definitely be a cosplay photo shoot. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really Brian. We loved it. Okay, thumbs so the, up. You can't yeah. see it, yeah. but like thumbs up. We're gonna we're gonna all these are gonna be on the on the blog, so people can go in and check them out. We're gonna include all of them. So the next image up is Tomek, and he um, was very down on this image because he didn't really feel like it satisfied the geometry sort of uh, assignment, but I I don't know. I thought that there was something incredibly beautiful about this image and maybe it's just the representation of foreground, middle ground, background, but I think there is a geometric element to it in terms of how the arms are posed. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I would agree. And I think what's, this is again, what is fascinating about toy photography is this is a series of cubes makes up this figure. The eyes are cubes. The it's, you know, it is the rudimentary uh, shape of a human, right? But it's, it's in boxes. And yet through the posing and the, the, where it, where it is, uh, it evokes this emotion, right? Out of essentially a, a bunch of cubes kind of arranged on, on, on a sheet of paper, there, there's no real facial expression, but you know exactly what this figure is. At least for me, he's very contemplative. He's, he's um, you know, drawn into to the, the nature that's around him. But, you know, if, I, if you were just to lay this figure down on a table, you, you wouldn't get any of that. It, it's the way that it's composed that draws out those uh, emotions in this image. Yeah, I guess we should say specifically this is a Lego Minecraft golem. So it doesn't get any more less human and more cube-like. <laughs> yet the way it's posed with a, 
and perfectly scaled with the flowers is it feels like you said very lifelike which is weird it reminds me of the iron giant like Mm -hmm. this photo like good call yeah where it's you know the iron giant is like a monster like an alien and it's a monster just like the golem in minecraft but and they're they're, you know they're not supposed to have emotions or you know they're not really human but like this is very he's posed in such a way where it's like angled like the kind of person who just like sat on the grass and is thinking about life i don't know if it's like you're sad or you know or you're really deep in thought but that's what the emotion is and so like the angle of like the arms and i know you said tomek doesn't think this is very geometrical in that sense that we were using geometry but it is composed with geometry in mind like the way the arms are because like if your or if your arms are like spread out horizontally that would give you a different emotion or vibe and or you know what what's going on in the photo it would change right if it was if the arms were straight, then it would be more angry, maybe, or more soldier-like. But instead, this is more like, I need a hug. He's engaged. And it just shows that, that geometry, the composition is just one one aspect, one tool in your toolbox. But you have all these other uh, areas of photography that you need to be thinking about and all of those combined is going to elicit the emotional response from your viewer which is really that's a primary goal and not to get too hung up on any of these different tools when you're creating your image yeah i will say though that like if you were thinking about geometry with this exact image the eyes are at the horizon line which is what they say is an okay spot for your eyes to be Yeah, I say it's definitely a it's a, a the third of the top is the background, which is beautiful, you know, bokeh, and then the middle third is the figure and the flowers are all perfectly in focus, and the bottom third is the foreground, which is very blurry, and uh, so you definitely the whole image is divided in, into thirds. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next one I thought was worth discussing was Janin's black and white image that looks like a street photo captured uh, in a in just a, a brief moment in time of a, like um, what was just like a very ephemeral moment of this capturing an image of a street musician leaning down to pick up a guitar, but you're seeing only a partial view of this figure as, as other figures are moving across the frame. So it's a, the left third of the frame is dark. The middle third all the way down is very brightly lit. And that's where we see our little sliver of our figure and uh, the action. And then the right third is also very dark. So I think he organized this one in a Fibonacci uh, spiral where the, the, the point of the spiral was right on that guitar in the bottom third. Um, but I thought it was uh, a great example of just using negative space to draw the attention to our subject. What did you guys mm-hmm. think? Yeah. Also, the hand is pointing to the guitar, so that also draws your eye literally to the point of, 
eyes like oh he's like grabbing his guitar and when you open your eyes or when you close your eyes and you open it that's what you see is the guitar and the light and the foreground elements and the background it it does really look like you, he was standing in a street corner and people are walking by and he just captured this moment and that's yeah, it really has this uh, street photography feel, and you 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 see the motion. I'm a big fan of uh, Janin's work. I think that uh, so much of his work uh, draws out these emotions uh, out of what he pulls out of of these figures that are make you feel sad. Or I mean, he had a couple of of shots uh, that he contributed for this one that I really liked the photo and the composition, but I would agree. Um, this one, uh, looks, you can feel the motion in it. You know, what's, what's, what's happening is he's, he's about to play. And, and, um, and if I remember correctly, he submitted two versions of this photo, one that was more centered in the light. And yeah. we, and we talked about it just in, in the comment section. And, uh, I think again, people really like this, him coming out of the darkness and being a little bit off uh, to the right was compositionally more appealing to, to most people. Yeah, we'll put we'll put both of them up, but I do remember the 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 other version that he submitted. The figure was centered, and then you focused on the figure, the musician, right. versus on this one with that bright arm pointing straight down at the dark guitar you focused on the motion of reaching for the guitar yeah and that right it was crazy that just that small tweak in the cropping changed the story completely yeah that's true what, yeah very similar to like when you what you were talking about with your photo where you submitted the two different versions one was more wide and then the other one was more intimate i think with the wide one that one seems like you walked by the bridge and you saw these two people and you captured that moment. And then the other one was you stopped, like you would have stopped and then zoomed in a little bit and captured that same moment. Right. And yeah. what's crazy about that one too. And with the uh, Janins is that those are two different crops, but one of the crops is like more centered or like, with yours, it has like a little bit more negative space, but and the both of them had like the golden spiral, but you're it's just like centimeters or meters off that can change like your story, yeah. or like the feel of a photo, which is truly amazing. So I know not everybody edits um, in Photoshop. A lot of people edit in apps on on their phone. But I think that it, whatever app you're using to edit, to, to cycle through the cropping guides and use those as a way to, to figure out what is the best composition because they really do help. I know, I, like you, Chris, I went back to some older images and re, recut them just for my own amusement's sake. And I found some that were horizontal that worked so much better as verticals when I cropped way in on them. And it's interesting uh, to try things a couple different ways and using those overlays are, is a great tool. And I think Janin was doing that with this as well as you with the, with the two people on the bridge. Yeah, that was a big learning, uh, learning point for me um, until I read 
Sabrina's blog post on <laughs> these. And I use Lightroom, which is essentially the, uh, I, I do use Photoshop, but I do most of my editing in Lightroom, uh, except for fixing a few things. And it has the same crop options as it does in in Photoshop. And that was a aha moment. Like I, I, I read the blog post and I was like, yeah, this tool has been available to me for years and I've never really used it other than what the default was. I'd never cycled through those overlays before. Um, and, and now I have been as I'm working through with a latest crop of new photos is I'm, I, I find that I am cycling through several of those overlays now. Until I wrote that article too, I don't think I, uh, similar to you, except for as I was writing this, I was like, oh, I, why haven't I been using, why haven't I been crop, like using this to crop, like I use it to crop, but I have, it's like another thing to be like, use it to crop, like, like look at the different crops that you can do. And I don't think I had done that until I wrote until I was like in the process of writing the article and I'm like, Oh, you, you can really use this. <laughs> well, the, the other thing that I did was after reading, um, Tobias's post on, on cropping was I set a, uh, a golden ratio, uh, aspect ratio in my, in my, custom settings just so that I could get it into a golden rectangle. And, um, I, we've been talking a lot about it. I don't know if we've actually said what, what the, what the golden ratio is, but it's essentially a 1.618 to one. Um, and, uh, and so photographers talk about aspect ratios of a three, two or a four, three or a five, seven. Um, uh, the golden ratio, a rectangle would be a, a 1.618 to one. And so I started doing that, which the spiral overlay, the problem that I have with the spiral overlay is that it will expand that spiral to whatever aspect ratio you have. So it is a spiral, but yeah. it is not a true, uh, it's not a true golden spiral because it doesn't necessarily follow that Fibonacci sequence that, that perfectly fits within a golden ratio. It, it expands to whatever aspect ratio you have your photo in. But um, again, eye-opener, I'd never used any of those tools uh, other than rule of thirds, which I think is the default overlay. That's, that's pretty much what I've used for cropping for years. Wow, look, I, maybe it's the fact that photography is just so part of our, of our DNA these days. Everybody has a camera, everybody's a photographer, that we forget there are actually some rules guidelines that we can fall back on to make our work better i don't know Quinn. again now, now that we've put it out there you, it's another thing to use right another <laughs> trust me i had the same aha moment that you guys did i'm like oh my god this has been here for how many years and i'm only using it now yeah, I, I was like, why didn't I use this golden spiral overlay on my last photo that you were like, oh, it's a, a you know, like the last photo with the like the cross and and the Han Solo figure. Like I put oh. the overlay on there and I was like, oh, I hit that. I like really almost hit that spiral. So then I cropped it to the spiral and I was like, it. And now it slightly hits a little bit better than yeah. it did before. But like, it was like, why didn't I know that? Like, why didn't I use this, this tool? Cause like, I clearly 
it's like one of those like why didn't i see that before and now that i see it it's like i know that that's in my availability now where i now, like, okay. now you can't unsee it you can't yeah. okay so i've got a couple more so lawrence uh photo which i thought which is a was a kind of a we didn't see a lot of studio photography got a little bit of it and and I know we've talked a lot since we all photograph outdoors. So we're talking about from our own perspective as outdoor, but Lawrence indoor studio photographer. And I thought he really nailed composition on so many levels with this photo. So this is your classic stormtrooper photo. Uh, anyone know who the character is in front? I should know this, right? Somebody famous, right? Uh, a, a Mandalorian of some kind. I, I, it I... is a Mandalorian. <laughs> I don't know her name. Um, okay. So female also... Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek, just give me it's Star Trek not, and I'm good, but not. <laughs> okay, so is, yeah. it's a Mandalorian. A, it's a Mandalorian female figure crouched uh, in front of some, uh, I don't know, space containers. And she's in front, space containers, stormtrooper on the far left of the. So she's in not quite far right, but sort of two, two thirds. Or, or she's one third away from the right hand edge. And then on the far left edge, we have another stormtrooper, and he is looking as he's walking towards her, but he's behind the space cases uh, looking towards her. So you have this great line of the two of them connecting through their helmets. But behind the cases, we've got three stormtroopers. So we've got, we've got foreground interest, her. We have middle ground interest, the space cases. We have the background interest, our stormtroopers. We have an odd number of figures. We have leading lines of their connecting. And we have, well, I think he organizes this, uh, the golden triangle and it laid in perfectly as well as it did with yeah. the, with the, um, with the uh, rule of thirds. So he had, like nailed this. I was like, yes. And it really showed. Yeah. In my opinion, your thoughts. Yeah. What this also has is uh, groups like the stormtroopers in the back is a group, which they also say, like, if you group things, uh, that would also draw your attention. So there's, you know, the group of the three stormtroopers. They're in, like, a semicircle, which is another shape. Like, you can use shapes to, like, really guide people's eyes, right? Um, you've got the lines between, like, the three groups, and then you've got lines between, like, the wall and what's on the wall in the back and the actual like space cases that are in in between like that's another set of lines and angles and groups also the the way that she the character the mandalorian is leaning against the space cases is like angled kind of inward it's not an actual straight line. It's angled t into the into the photograph. I, <laughs> it's so hard to talk about three dimensional space, but it's like angled inward and in a in like a diagonal sort of. So it's not actually like fully horizontal. So you can also feel. Um, she's like coming out at us. She's angled. She's she's leaning yeah. on to one arm, and that that angle is back towards us, towards the viewer. So she's right. kind of coming out of the frame a little bit, or at least that illusion. And then you yeah. have more of that tension, like she's pulling away from the stormtrooper, but he's coming, kind of leaning towards her a little bit. So you have that that tension between the two of them, yeah. 
and and you're right about the three stormtroopers in the back they're grouped together so you end up with this dynamic visual of going from her to him to them and then back to her so your eye is constantly roving this image and if depending on what character you're putting yourself in it can tell different stories i'm hiding what's over there what are the three guys talking about yeah, there's, there, what what I like about this is um, how it leads your eye around the image. Yeah. Uh, so there's a compositional concept of um, the the subject that you first want to draw your attention to. You you put a blank slate around. You don't have a lot of background elements to it. You just and so at first glance of this, your eye is immediately drawn uh, to the stormtrooper on the left, and. The story here is the character is clearly hiding, and and visually, if you're first drawn to the the stormtrooper on the left, sh- she is. Um, and I know there's people out there losing their mind right now that we can't uh, name this figure, but they're just they're just screaming into the air right now. Um, and I apologize. I apologize. Really, I'll, I'll be better. Uh, but you know, and so where my eyes go in this is. The, the, the blank space draws me to this stark white and he's he's more stark white than the than the stormtroopers on the right that are kind of blending into the shadows mm-hmm. and I look at his eyes because that's what we do as humans is we look for the faces and then your your eye line goes directly from well, what's he looking at and that's it's almost like the scene playing out in front of you just by the way they draw your eyes to different aspects of the photo photo and let the story un- unfold. Uh, in a still image, it's 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 uh, fascinating the way that works. Yeah, yeah. Good call on the fact that he's he's separated by that space um, that around him, because you really do. You look at that image, you instantly go to him, and then and then you start roaming around. And then you realize, oh, she's down there. It, it, it the brain yeah. is fascinating. Yeah, you look at it, and you immediately think. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's your eye wanders around, and that changes the story. So the composition and, and creating this using the composition of the the triangles and the um, the golden ratio. Pretty sure that's what he was using. Uh, mm-hmm. You end up with a really dynamic image that you follow through, and it's interesting. You go from that, and then to Marco's image, where he uses a lot of design elements in the environment and it created also using a lot of very strong lines an image that is very quiet and very still and it's i I find it interesting how much composition changes how we reacting as a viewer to an image the emotional response yes so this is um an image that has certain an Alice in Wonderland figure at the center. There's three circles that I I don't know if this is like a stairwell or like a like a frame of like at the bottom of you know like a ledge or something. But there you know there's circles. It's there's lines, and then also you can see more lines like a couple of walls maybe where she's further back from the railing and then she's also looking she's dead center so it's balanced uh like but also there 
there's three, so that kind of draws your eyes, but she's directly in the center of the circle, and there's like a lot of negative space around her hair and her arms. So you can really see the figure, and it's like a silhouette, and it's insane. <laughs> there's a lot of shapes in there, but it also is not overwhelming to you. Yeah, it is a very busy image, isn't it? It's it's very busy, but it also feels so not busy, if, if that makes sense. Well, I don't know if Marco's a fan of Wes Anderson films, but this right. looks like a scene out of a Wes Anderson film in that he uses uh, left-right symmetry. You know, so right. the so you could fold this image in half, and it would be a mirror image of itself. Uh, and the and then if you look top to bottom, outside of the figure and the fact that the lower third is dark and the upper third is is light um it's almost uh has that same symmetry going left to right as it does up to, uh, up and down um and i don't know if the, the figure's so well silhouetted that i don't know if she's looking out or or looking there but one of the uh compositional we it is a busy image but the the figure is the focus, and that's where it has a frame within a frame, right? Right. Uh, the other circles are filled with busy busyness, uh, but the the figure in the center of this is just against a crisp white background, and it really yeah. draws you in, almost to the point that you don't really realize how busy it is because your eye is immediately drawn to the center of the image. Exactly. I said it was busy, but it's only because I was describing the photo with all of the elements in there, but not really, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you're describing yeah. what's in the photo, you can, there's a lot to say about what's in it. But then when you really look at the photo, all of those um, elements are just guiding your eye towards, um, yeah. you know, the subject. Now, he had talked about how he had this figure and it was for a photo assignment and it just ha and he was really searching around the school environment for something to take this photo. And he came across this and it's the decorative ironwork, I think, around a stair. Yeah. And just using and it's again, it's looking in the environment for geometry, for your compositional elements and then putting your toy in it is a great way to go. In terms of yeah. or organization and and you're right, Chris. I mean, just the frame within a frame, which is I just love that technique. Again, I don't use it, but I do adore it when it's done well. And this this is one of those where it is done really, really well. And I just love the silhouette too. So Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love good toy photography. <laughs> God. It's just so much fun. And this was, I know everybody hated this assignment and this challenge, but I loved it. And uh, I, Tao is in the middle of a 365, bless his heart, just every day, his little stormtrooper photos. And this one was super cute. And then he did a uh, very white background, uh, very, I don't know. I mean, I think we've seen this shot uh, uh, multiple times, the Darth Vader on the far right uh, and he is inspecting the troops. You have a line of uh, various different styles of stormtroopers on the left, all lined up, ready for inspection. Darth is walking towards us, but he is his head is turned. 
to the left and examining, but there, he's just left this really beautiful channel of white space in between the <laughs> group of figures on the left that act as one body and the Darth on the right as one body. But what was interesting that is he left less space at the top than he did at the bottom and he ends up that, that nice uh, narrow headspace, which I thought was really good. So just a lot of tension in this between the black and the white and how, and that, that channel of empty space, the tension between the one figure and the many, I thought it was a, it was just a nice, simple, strong composition. Yeah, I agree. I also like how Darth Vader is a lot closer to the camera than like, if he, if he was like more centered towards like the center of the line of stormtroopers like that he's a little bit more forward so there's a lot more space behind him like he's walked like he's walked further down the line and inspected the other three or four stormtroopers that are behind in the line and that there is a lot of space but you can like you can still see his like reflection of the rest of Darth Vader like at the at the bottom so it like looks like he's moving and he's moved further into the camera so that there's like a lot of space in the background and like the negative space. So you can really feel like that he's moved through. And this is like another photo that is, it looks like it's out of a scene from star Wars. Like you've seen this before, like you've seen this composition in a movie before. Yeah. And it just works. Any thoughts, Chris? Yeah, you, you know, this exercise has, or doing a month of these exercises has really got me looking at photos like this. And, and you know, this is just a simple grid, uh, kind of mm-hmm. outlining kind of thirds, uh, but really emphasizing the space and the lines, you know, and I start visualizing my own lines, you know, that, that line of, of toes is, uh, not quite hitting into Darth Vader's face, but it's definitely taking your eyes in that direction. Um, I I agree with Sabrina that, you know, having that, um, heavy bottom third really grounds the, the, you know, with the reflections and the reflections of the the stormtroopers and the reflection reflections of Darth Vader's cape. But, uh, I'm also seeing like lines going um, between the eyes, right? That's another yeah. that's another point of interest is where those those eyes are going, um, and so especially in a space like this that's so white, and y- your your mind can just almost start adding these other geometric lines uh, to it that uh, we often don't take time to stop and really appreciate. We, we look at it and we go, oh yeah, it's uh, Darth Vader looking at some stormtroopers, And um, it's a fascinating, when you really stop and look at someone's uh, work um, and evaluating their composition, um, it's really fascinating. You see how much work yeah. really goes into these images and how much care people put yeah. into their photos. And that's also what I love about doing these podcasts is an opportunity to really look at an image and see what has gone into it and appreciate it on all the different levels from storytelling to composition to choices of how much color to, to include point of view. And there's a lot of work that people put into this stuff and it deserves a lot more attention than it gets. Yeah. Yeah. 
in my humble opinion. So, <laughs> so we are going to link to uh, several YouTube uh, videos that we saw that people can look at uh, that we all enjoy that give people a better idea of what composition is and how to use it. Uh, and also we had two podcast articles, one by Tobias and one by Sabrina that we'll link to in the show notes so that people can check those out and see some other examples and I thought processes behind that. Um, so guys, any, what's your big takeaway from a month of taking a deep dive into red lines? <laughs> there was a lot of red lines that people probably got really sick and tired of seeing or at least my posts, one that was normal and the other one's marked up. They're probably looking at it like, what the heck are they doing over there? Why are you yeah. drawing all these lines in the sand? <laughs> Uh, well, my, you know, my takeaway is, um, you know, I, I don't feel like I was stagnating, but it certainly has uh, sparked an interest in in adapting. Uh, some of the ways that I'm, some of the things that I noticed through doing this exercise is one is I I, I fill the frame when I compose an image. Uh, so if I'm if I'm shooting on uh, my mirrorless my final crop is probably going to be a three, two. And because that's just the native crop. If I, if I'm shooting on my iPhone, the native crop is going to be closer to a four, three, because I, I don't give myself room to make some of these compositional changes in editing because I fill the frame. So one of the things that I really took from this is I'm trying to back my camera off of the subject just a little bit so that I have, uh, when I get into editing, I can start being a little bit more uh, flexible on my on my overall composition because I get locked in way too early in the process of, of this is what it's going to look like. Uh, so that's really one of the things that I took away from this is uh, that you, no matter how long you've been at something, you can adapt and and learn a skill that could significantly change the way that you approach photography. Uh, yeah. I would agree with that. I, similar to to you, Chris. I, I like. I think my takeaway is, like, I don't know if I back up more, but I originally I started. I was like, I'm just gonna do everything in a in a square because like I'm taking photos for Instagram, and Instagram was a square. So, like, I will use this square, and you know what fits in the square is what I'm gonna tell my story with. Right. And then if Instagram changed the like their aspect ratio again, I like then change my aspect ratio or like what I'm using as my frame of reference is like, what will you end up seeing when you're scrolling? Right. If someone's scrolling, what are they going to see and what what's like the best way for me to just like take that photo using whatever I'm using to take the photo to match that. But now that. I, you know, I opened my mind to looking at like using the crop that are using those overlays and I can't change my crops because of the way that I was taking the photo. I've kind of put that in my back of my head that I, I should be able to do that now or I have to make space for that in order to be able to do that later. Um, so I think that's, that's what I learned about myself and geometry is like you know you can be open to those kinds of changes in post or 
or going back and looking through what you have done and being able to like tell another story with another with the crop like changing your crop you know yeah going from vertical to horizontal and telling a different story Shelly, what did you what did you take from all of this what did i take i took away i love that app that you that you sent us all to that was a lot of fun i that the photos that I like best, when I looked at them, there was a reason why I like them. That that there was a geometric, there was a foundation to what I was doing. There was actually a method to my madness, and I wasn't just out there floundering. So that made me feel really better about that there is a bedrock that I'm working from. So that was good. Uh, I'm learning to embrace the emptiness. I know I've been sort of chided in the past that my images have too much emptiness around them, but I'm like, nah, I'm good with that. There's a reason. Uh, and then now that I feel like I feel good about what I'm doing and I, I want to add more layers. So I want to work more with textures and foreground, middle ground and background to add more layers to my story. So I just want to build from this foundation. That was my takeaway. I thought it was solid. I thought it was a solid challenge. I loved it. <laughs> I know, I'm a little bit of a weirdo that way. I can tell clearly. <laughs> no, I liked it. I always like the challenges, even though like I also go down very deep holes. I I think I always come out like learning something. Well, there's been a couple of challenges here in a row that force people to kind of delve more into the art world than yeah. just snapping photos. Uh, we just came off of um, the minimalism hashtag. And I remember that one being very verbal in the comments of like, I'm not sure what I'm doing here, but this is my version of of minimalism. And, and I think that people were doing the same thing. They were um, getting out the old Wikipedia and looking for examples of minimalism and then trying to, to do that. So I, the, the ones like this month is, um, you know, pure kind of fun. I'd rather be here. And, uh, and I think those are ones that you just, uh, spark the creativity. These are the ones that, um, uh, force us to look at the way we shoot and try and, uh, expand, uh, our art into, you know, get into, you're, you're, you're go back to art school on this and figure out what minimal it is, minimalism is and, yeah. and uh, how to better compose images. So I, so I like that balance uh, between the challenges of sometimes they're just for fun. And sometimes we're going to, we're going to try and improve our skills. Yeah. We always follow up a hard challenge like this with something really easy because we know everyone needs a break because they, they <laughs> their little brains were just blown like, ah, so, so yeah. Much. This month is um, I'd rather be here, which are images of just where the heck would you rather be? Because wherever here is, is probably not very good. <laughs> yeah. As COVID rages around us and people are falling, like dropping like flies. It's like, oh, my God. I don't know. Is it ever going to end? Yeah. I know, uh, you know, we've we've taken a backward slide at work to because we were having a little bit of a outbreak at our building. So back to masking and, um, you know, it just feels like we're, we're going back to 2020 sometimes, but God, so that's the truth. 
Well, uh, this was an amazing conversation, guys. Thanks so much for joining me. I knew this was going to be a good one. And I'm, I'm thanks for coming on and joining me for doing this. Um, so uh, our next episode, our next challenge is, like we said, um, I'd rather be here. So come join. And if you're listening to this late, always swing by the MeWe community and we'll let you know what the latest challenge is. We'd love to have you join. Um, please tell your friends, recommend and rate us wherever you find your podcasts. And, and if you have a topic idea that you'd like us to tackle, feel free to leave those in the comments, wherever you found the link to this podcast, we would love to know that because we always, uh, enjoy taking, tackling interesting photography and toy related topics. Um, thanks for listening again. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. And thanks so much, Chris and Sabrina, for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you both here. Oh, thanks for having Thank me. This has been for great. Having me. Yes, absolutely. See you guys all next time. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more episodes or articles about toy photography, visit us at toyphotographers.com. The best way to connect with us on social media is on MeWe. Search for toyphotographers.com or find the link in the show notes. If MeWe's not your thing, visit us at Facebook, Toy Photographers, or on Twitter, at Toy Photo Blog, or on Instagram, at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Thanks again for listening. 